Secular history versus sacred history, which really matters. I've been meditating on this since I was on vacation. Uh, probably about three or four weeks been thinking about doing this. And then tonight, putting it together uh, this week. Secular history. That's everything that's happened in the world that involves um, the people of the world. Spiritual history is what God's people do. It's what they do. It's like uh, Tom Gillespie is uh, a bus captain, been a bus captain, his wife, and he worked team. They team it out. And uh, they are uh, in the historical textbook, historical textbook of heaven. I can guarantee you that. Whereas you won't find MacArthur mentioned in the historical textbook of heaven. But you will find Tom and Jamie Gillespie. I will talk a little bit more and make that clear. The Bible tells us a spiritual history. When you read the creation of the world, the, the, the fall of the world into the flood, Noah, uh, you're reading about the heroes of the faith. Noah was a hero of the faith, historically. He was a big, it's, it's a big name historically, right? Amen. Noah. And so we read about those. But the world, have you ever seen, what's that one game? I can't remember whether it's Jeopardy or not, where they ask you questions. And then, you know, people will have a subject of the Bible. If you want to see something pitiful, yeah. when they, they'll know every lousy movie trivia question. And they, I mean, really what they know is, is amazing. And they get in there, and I saw a guy missing on Moses. He didn't know who Moses was. Because that's not their history. That's not the history. They're, they're interested in world history, secular history. What's important to them is secular things, world things. But to the born-again believer, truthfully, it doesn't matter. The world's history makes, like, no difference or little to no difference to us. What makes a difference to us is spiritual history. And so the world the world tells secular history. They teach it to the kids in school because they only have one history to teach, and that's secular history. But in Christian school, you we emphasize history. We teach history, but we teach with emphasis on a spiritual history over or more important than the secular history. We want our graduates to understand the difference between those two things. So let me read some scripture. I'm not going to put them up here for you, uh, but I'm going to read them for you. I want you just to kind of sit back, relax, and listen to them, see if you can get us what I'm after here. Psalm 52, a few verses I'm going to try to read quickly. Why boasteth thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. The tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of the dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also shall see it and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made, that, that made not God his strength but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. 
but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God. How long? Forever and ever. He doesn't say how long I have yet. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. That's the entire psalm. Psalm 53, the next one. I wanted to read a few of those verses. The fool has said in his heart, and that's also Psalm 14. fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Corrupt are they. They have done abominable iniquity. There's nothing to do with good. God look it down from heaven upon the children of men. See if there are any where any that understand seek God. Every one of them has gone back. They're all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. Say it with me. No, not one. That is a massive statement. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. Oh, I want to, oh, I'm sorry. This is Psalm 73, part of it. I believe it's verses 2 through 17. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Why? I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. That's the world, folks. For he says, there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt. They speak wickedly concerning oppression, speak loftily. They set their mouth against the heavens. Their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and the waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, I've heard them say this, and it actually has been said to me directly, how doth God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly, which he just read, who prosper in the world, they increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, the writer of the psalm says, and washed my hands in innocency for all the day long. I've been plagued and chastened every morning. I think that kind of kills the old health and wealth gospel. The health and wealthers want to say the Christians are the ones that are healthy, the Christians are the ones that are doing well, the Christians are the ones who are prosperous, but that's not what the Bible says. And it's really not what life tells us when we look around. That's what it is here. He says, uh, if I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. I understood their end. In other words, he saw the wicked around him doing well, prospering, growing, being strong. He saw the righteous struggling, suffering, having things happen to them. And he said, there's an inequality that I'm looking at here. The world and their people seem to be doing well. The world, Jesus said it, the world loves their own. He said, if I, was the wor- if I was of the world, he said, the world would love me. But because I'm not of the world, it wasn't because they knew him they didn't like him. It wasn't because they had seen what he did they didn't like him. It was who he, and where he was from they didn't like him. The, when you walk in a room as a born-again believer, the world senses your spirit. 
You don't have to say a word. You don't have to you don't have to say one derogatory word. They just don't like you. Because they feel uncomfortable by you. Somehow you are an offense to them. How many here have experienced that? Oh yeah. I will say there are two spirits, spirit of the world, spirit of God. Two forces equally opposed. So in the short term, the psalmist says the world looks pretty good. I suppose it depends on which side of the tracks you're born. But the wicked in this world often prosper, rule, and have dominion. But in the long haul, and listen to this, God's people will be all that matters. In the long haul, when the dust all settles, it only will make it only the attention will be, the history will be on what the godly did, what the righteous did, what the people who believed in Jesus did, what the born again believer did. And it will not mention the heroes of the secular world. It won't mention them. Their name don't cut they will not come up. <clears throat> all that counted, all that is remembered, the only history that is left, and the only thing important will be spiritual or sacred history. So I'm going somewhere with this. I know you may wonder about that. So secular history is relatively unimportant to God and to his people. Think of how many war heroes, I'm talking about secular war heroes, there have been through the centuries. Every generation has war heroes because every generation has war. There's no time there hadn't been war. What were the wars of the 1800s? I think 1860 was a big one. 1812 was another one, right? Spanish-American War, Civil War. And if you go to the 1700s, they had their wars. And if you go to the 1600s, they had their wars. If you go to the 1500s, they had their wars. Jesus said there will be wars and rumors of wars till I come. So each one of those wars produced heroes. They produced generals, leaders. They produced MacArthur's. They produced patents. You know, George Patton, if, I, if, you, if you went to school and paid attention, George Patton, uh, Napoleon, remember him? Oh, Bonaparte, Napoleon Bonaparte, he was a big deal. You don't even care about him now. Most people don't even know about him. A 12-year-old doubt if he even knows what that, who he is. Probably he's already forgotten MacArthur. Probably... Now, my World War II dad would be upset about that history being forgotten, but it will be forgotten. Secular history comes and goes with generation to generation. 300 years from now, nobody's going to know who you were. They're not going to visit your grave. They're not going to care. Let me take it a little bit better now. 100 years from now. You ever you ever gone down and listened to the history of of uh, Collier County? 
was it Baron Collier? A Baron Collier wanted to be a big shot. He wanted his name remembered. So he went to the governor or the president or whoever he had to go to and said, I'll put a road from Naples to Miami called the Tamiami or the road to Miami. I'll do that. I'll pay for it and do it. If you let me name this county after myself, and, and, and by the way, that's a big county. He got a, a bunch of land. And they said, sure, if you put that road across there, because it was mosquito-infested swampland, you put that road, and that's where Everglades City comes from. Everglades City was the camp for all those workers. They brought all the materials into Everglades City by water, and then that, so Everglades City was born over building the road. And then when everybody left, a few stragglers stay there and fish. That's how you got Everglades City. I saved you a lot of money. You don't have to pay no five bucks to get into the museum down there. So for a while, Baron Collier, man, he's like, I am a big boy. I got a whole county named after me. I'm one of the richest people you ever dreamed of. Most people I ask to come to Florida, who's, who's Collier named after? Who cares? All the presidents, dictators, leaders who at one time dominated the news and people's minds like Castro and Hitler and Mussolini, gone. 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 But the spiritual history is forever settled in heaven. Spiritual history, excuse me for having a little drink of this. I don't know if I ever did this, but I was eating today and I bit this. I tried to eat my cheek. Man, that hurts. I was going to re almost revert to uh, my grandmother's rheumatism medicine. Just kidding. Them old girls, them old innocent girls used to have rheumatism medicine, about 150 brood white lightning. No wonder they didn't have a sore throat. Spiritual history is forever settled in heaven. Think about it. King, by the way, secular history is not stable. It can be rewritten. Hitler tried to rewrite it. Had he gained world dominance the way he wanted to, he would have erased a bunch of world history that didn't favor the white folk. Aryan race. And right now, our liberals in our country are trying to rewrite history to favor their deal. So secular history isn't even protected. But sacred history is protected. Who protects it? God, the one who made it all. King David's a big shot in spiritual history. Sacred history is a big shot. Uh, Hezekiah is a big, big, big shot in secular in sacred history. Josiah, Elijah, Elisha, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Daniel, Joseph, Moses, apostles, uh, Tom Gillespie, Jama Gillespie. 
the people who pass gospel tracts out at, God, at this church, the people who care about souls and witness to their neighbors, friends, waitresses, that will not be wiped away. That will not be forgotten 300 years from now. Now, if you give a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, you don't have to go. It's okay. In the name of a disciple, you want me to hold the baby while I preach? I can do it. If you give a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, Jesus said, in no wise will you lose your reward. You're written down in history. But it's sacred history. And where is sacred history kept? In heaven. Where moth doesn't come and thieves don't come and rust doesn't come. And it's forever, as the word of God, settled in heaven. It's a beautiful thing. So these people and so many more are the people who really count. These are the ones, the people that love God and want to do his will. These are the ones that you uh, want to come up and shake their hand, get to know them. Oh, oh, Jim McCullough, you ran a bus for 50 years? Oh, man, I just, but could you sign my Bible? Can I just give, can I just shake your hand? Because you're, you're big in spiritual history. And so many other things. The girls that take care of the nursery. The janitor that cleans the churches. The Awana uh, clubs. The nursing home folks. The jail ministry. Anything is done in the will of God, and there are myriad things that I have not mentioned done in the will of God. That's, that's sacred history. So, which history did you know, do you know best? One will disappear and one will never disappear. So, who will be known in heaven? Will it be our politicians, our businessmen who prospered and made a lot of money and owned a lot of stuff, then died? Or will it be the bus captains who cared about the kids, the door-to-door folks who gave up their time to spread the gospel, the Christians? How about the Christian school teachers who could have made money doing other stuff or spent their efforts and instead they took care of your little bratty kids? got paid maybe half as much as they could have in a secular education field. Let me tell you something. You may not make as many dollars teaching the Christian school movement, but I'll guarantee you 100 years from now, you'll be doing a whole lot better. We should never lose our vision on what we're doing, how important it is. Don't lose your vision. Don't let, the, don't let the world and its glitter and its pomp and circumstance blur your vision. What we do is the most important thing in history is we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with lost people. 
we help people that are saved to get better in Christ, to grow in Christ. And they don't get any better. For me to know a guy like Tom Crichton and and what's her name again? Helga. Jenny. Jeannie. Jenny. Jeannie. You know, right now I'm blank on your name. I have no idea. I know you're a Crichton and I've seen you before. Tom and Jenny Crichton. It's been an honor to be able to meet you folks. You're big in heaven. You say, quit it. I'm not going to. (laughs) Wendell and Betty Heller. Oh, I got to know Wendell and Betty Heller. Trust me, the angels know who they are. But they probably don't know who... Biden is. I'm not the final judge. But the deacons, oh, you've been a deacon in the local church of Jesus Christ? You've been fulfilling the word of God by being a servant? You know what deacon means to serve? It means to be a servant, not a king, not not the despot, not the I'm a big leader. It means I've been the servant. Jesus said, he that would be the greatest among you, be the servant of everybody. The big shot in your midst is the smallest one. What happened to David was, he forgot he was small. What happened to Solomon was, He forgot he was small. Don't you let your mind or anybody else try to make out like you're some big. You're small in your own sight. You let God praise you. You let God raise you up. You let God record all that. But you be humble and small in your own sight and serve humbly wherever it is, unseen, maybe unacclaimed. But there's a historian in heaven that's writing it all down. Every little bit of the will of God you do is written down. Every little bit. Every little track you passed out. Every little time you gave a witness. It's none of it going to be lost. It's beautiful. Hmm. People who've given. Missionaries. Oh, who dropped their own, own home. Their mom and dad and home and went to a foreign country that didn't want them. And were about mad they were there. They're big and Sacred history. Christian college teachers who could have went out and done something else for 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 uh, secular history and been knowing much more in this world decided to spend their lives teaching young people about Jesus. They're they're well known in secular in sacred history. So I conclude with this. Tell me. Who will be remembered? What history will really matter? I think secular history is like a dense fog. It looks impressive, but it just blows away with the rising of the sun. It appears for a little while and is gone. 
my dad read a book called The Greatest Generation. He was part of that. He spent a year and a half on the islands of Saipan, Tinia, and Okinawa in combat, fourth wave, first wave. And for a while, man, that took over secular history. And it was big, books written about it and everything else. But pretty well now, you see it already fading away. It's already fading away. Somebody like uh, Wheelbarrow, he won't even hardly know what that is. But God knows the sacred history. Who founded Bonita Springs? Who cares? Who founded Fort Myers? Who cares? I'm not saying I don't care. I'm just saying as far as the big picture goes. Does it make any difference who invented or, or, or not, not invent, that discovered electricity, really? In heaven, it won't. You say, Brother Bill, what are you talking about? I'm talking about this. I hate to say it, but is this dead? This is the second time this has happened. And to be honest with you, I'm not real patient about this kind of stuff. We bought one that you got to stick in a charger rather than put a lousy battery in it. So I want you to throw this out, and I want a battery in it. That way I can change the battery out. But when it's not stuck on a little charger and it goes dead, then I don't get to use it. Oh. This is what, God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes and there'll be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. We all said amen. For the former things are passed away. Secular history. Next verse. Isaiah, I just wanted to give you an Old New Testament example. Isaiah 65, oh, I'm going to go over here. Isaiah 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Next. Only sacred history is eternally important. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 17 and a few other places. The world passeth away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God is a big shot. No. He that doeth the will of God, he is a big shot. Why? Because he abideth forever. And what you do and did cannot be taken away. Woo! Glory to God. It's like saving an account that can't go bad. And if I may say, living for God's a better life anyway. Because I got right with God at 18 years old, I, I quit drinking. 
I go to the doctor now. You know I go to the doctor now. And they ask a question, do you drink? I say, no, have you ever drank? I say, well, you know, I was 18. Does that count? No. Do you have one drink a day? No. Do you have two drinks a day? No. I said I didn't drink. Oh, that's good. They'll say, do you smoke? I quit smoking because I got it right with God. They said, do you smoke? I said, no. Have you ever smoked? I said, well, I quit at 18. Does that count? And they go, no. You smoke one cigarette a day or five? I mean, you know, I said, no, I don't smoke. Oh, they'll say that's good. That's healthy. Uh, your weight is just perfect. I said, that's because of the ninth fruit of the Spirit. They said, oh, that's good. Otherwise, they get in there and tell you, you know, you got to lose 50 pounds and your heart rates up and your, your blood pressure's up and you got diabetes. For every pound that you got that you shouldn't have is one mile of veins. You look it up, you fact check me, I love it. Every pound you're overweight is one mile your heart has to pump blood through. One, mi one mile. How many blood vessels do I have in me, Brother Bill? Thank you for asking. You have 60,000 miles if they were put end to end. I asked this with Dr. Bailey. I checked it out with Bailey. He said, yeah, 60,000 miles of blood vessels. That's three times around the world. A little less than three times around the world. Folks, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. But when you gain, say, well, I'm only 30 pounds over. That's only 30 miles You quit saying pounds. Say, I'm 30 miles of blood vessels needlessly being pumped by my heart. Amen, amen. Oh, I know the convictions, right? But anyways, well, I've been hanging around a cardiologist. What do you think? I'm th what do you think about? I mean, he's always talking about, you know. Folks, this world passed away in the lust around, but he doeth the will of God abide forever. Be concerned about sacred history. It's worth it. It's worth every mile of the trip. Father, help us to be able to get a grip on this. Uh, sometimes we get so worldly-minded, we get so present-now-minded, that we forget that what really matters is going to be what we do for God. Help us to get it before it's gone. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.